While sometimes when there are big troubles, it doesn't seem like enough, our first inclination is to run to prayer. That is what Catholics are asked to do. When mothers for their children, we are often praying for many things. There were many saints in history who also prayed for their children. Joining me today to tell us more about it is our good friend, Julie Andurko. Her show is Your Next Mission from God that you hear right here at Mater Day Radio. And she's joining me this morning to talk about the value and the importance of intercessory prayer. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It's my pleasure to be here. Prayer is a big arrow in our quiver. I mean, we have to turn to that constantly, even when it feels like it's not enough. Prayer, though, going to our Lord with our intentions, that's everything. That's the first step in any endeavor. It sure is, especially when we're praying for family members or people that we deeply love and we care about them. We have a heart that prays and uh, uh, mother's hearts, pray, uh, parents' hearts. When you have the heart for prayer and it's felt, you know that our Lord, Mother Mary and the saints, they hear us and they act on our prayers. Julian Durko joining us today to talk about the importance of intercessory prayer. And if you were to take on a special prayer intention, you would not be alone. Many saints had very long lists of prayers too. Julie, we were talking today as we were preparing for this, your grandmother. I was sharing you the exciting news of my own step into grandmotherhood. It feels like the list of mothers and grandmothers. It's a long list because there's so many things that children go through in raising them, their young adult years, maybe rebellious years. There's a lot to pray for. And again, mothers, you're not alone in praying for your children. And sometimes the kids make wrong decisions and we've got to help get them back on track. And again, there are saints that went through very difficult things with their own children. Tell us more. Well, when you when you bring it up that way, I think of St. Monica uh, and, and two in praying. Monica was most concerned about her son's salvation. As parents, that's what we should most be concerned with. Okay. And we can pray for a lot of temporal things. Yeah, we need temporal things. We need a job or things like that. But really, when it comes down to it, this is a, a, a short time on the earth. Ultimately, an eternity is most important. You know, like before we get into St. Monica, I'll just... I'll just um, mention Zaley. You know, she had four children that she buried, and people would would say things like, "Oh, you shouldn't have had those children; it was too painful." But her response was so insightful. She would say, "I can't stand that talk because it's better that they're with me forever. They exist forever. I would go through any pain to have them forever." And so it is that way with our children, not to lose sight, because our world is so cluttered with this and that and everything else that we're supposed to have. And which happened to Monica, her son got distracted by the the cares of the world. And he, Augustine, he was not just, we always hear about him with his sexual sin and he just couldn't break away from it. You know, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet and all that kind of business. Mm -hmm. But the truth is he was really rotten. He mistreated his mother. He was very cruel to her. And that is, that is what Christian love is. You pray even though someone is cruel to you. You pray anyway because a mother's love or a Christian's love 
when you have the heart of Christ, you can't help but love, right? It grows in us. And she was very, very persistent. She cared about his soul. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't give birth to any children to see them lost. Exactly. I, I didn't, you know, and that's the conversation that I've always had with the Lord. Like, I did not have these children to lose them. <laughs> you know, it's the truth. And so she didn't either. And she prayed for many, many years. But some of the things that he did that might make someone might make somebody give up is not only the length of time, but how far gone he was and how cruel he was. And so, for instance, uh, he goes off to school when he's a young man. He comes back. He's a Manichaeism thing. He's left the faith. He brings home a a live-in girlfriend and a, an illegitimate grandson. And he and she brings him into the house. She's still got children. His siblings are younger. He's got a brother and sister. And she has to kick him out because he's contaminating her children left to raise. So mm. she took this job like, you can't do that. Then she has this dream that she's very much a part of his conversion. She doesn't know what it means. And so she brings him back in. But I have a feeling with some with some boundaries like you can't talk to your brother and sister about the faith and take it away from them if you and your girlfriend and 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 your son want to come and live with anyway it's a story but so she this dysfunction we all go through it it's it's our society and it's been with human history forever Mm -hmm. so anyway he decides it's not good enough living in thagast he's got to go to rome and he wants to go there So they got to get on a ship. They go to a port city. She convinces him to take her, or she thinks he does. But he leaves her at a a chapel, a chapel of St. Cyprian. And he says, you know what, Mom? When the wind is right, we're going to sail. I'll come back and get you in the morning, and then we'll sail, all of us. And so she's happy to be there in the the chapel because he knows she's religious. She's going to want to pray. He's going to want to go rebel rouse and not have her around, probably. But anyway, no, he sails in the night. And okay. she's there in the morning and he's, he's gone. She's alone in a port city. Mm. I mean, it takes her a while to get her wits about her, you know? And so she finally gets on a boat. She's going to go follow after him. And you have to get a merchant boat because, you know, e- e- there weren't passengers. And it's not easy. So she gets, on, and she gets on a ship to go to sail. And there's a horrible storm. And what I think is beautiful about this, it shows when you're a person of prayer is that she's a woman alone. She's on this merchant ship. It looks like it's going to sink. She knows it's not because she knows she's got her mission. She knows she's going to make it. And the faith, the crew come to her, this middle-aged woman all alone, we're coming to you because when the chips are down, you go to the person you know prays. That's it. They And so anyway, they make it. She gets there. He's already gone. So she's got to go after him in Milan. Anyway, it's a it's a story, you know, wow. but it takes it takes 17 years for Augustine to finally have his his conversion. And she's so persistent. So she knows that Bishop Ambrose in Milan could go toe to toe with him. Like there's nobody who's smart enough to handle him and debate him and win and win over his heart. But He's got other things is going on. You know, he's got persecution. Actually, he's dealing with from the local government and she gets involved with that. And it's a big. So she's just after this bishop. So finally, he's like, I'm done with you. We hear this really lovely saying, you know, the son with the mother of such tears, you know, he's, her prayers are going to be answered. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember how it goes. It's not quite like that. He sends her away and tells her. 
your son's going to be saved because of your tears, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so she's kind of harshly reprimanded, but she's so overjoyed because now the bishop has told her her son will be saved. Amen. So now she grabs onto that. And anyway, he does come around. They, and she lives to see it, which is sometimes we don't live to see it. Sometimes exactly. we're going to go on, uh, you know, and, and we're going to be praying from, from purgatory or heaven for our, for our loved ones. Um, we don't always get to see it, but she did. And, and when you read his confessions, his heart is different. He's not selfish. He loves his mother. The transformation is unbelievable. Okay. St. Columbert said that the longer you pray, expect the bigger answer to prayer because all she asked for was, con- was for him not to live a sinful life, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get married, but she sees him become a bishop. All she asked for was that he not be a manichae, a manichaeism guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know the name of someone who practiced manichaeism, but she yes. wanted him to come to the faith. And he not only comes to the faith, he becomes a champion of the faith. Exactly. One of the, you know, the, the, one of the most influential um, Catholics in history. You know, she wants these little things she prayed for, but because she waited 17 years, she gets far more than she ever expected. Mm. And that's what St. Columbert told us, you know, the longer you pray, the harder you pray, the more you sacrifice, the more you fast, the more you do, the harsher the treatment that she was treated badly. But that was just one little example. He was just not a nice guy and to his mother, especially. And uh, the more you do expect a bigger reward. So if it's been years or you're on your deathbed and that, that sister, that that son, that daughter, whoever it is, and they're still wayward and they're selfish and they're caught up in drugs or whatever it is, don't lose heart. Be like Monica, because when the Lord answers your prayer, he's going to answer it um, more than what you asked the That's longer it. you wait. I just love that St. Columbert shared that with us. You know, and it's just such a perfect example, Julie, of perseverance. Don't ever stop. It's never in vain. No, it's always heard. No, God it's always hears the prayer, especially a prayer of mothers with broken hearts. But yeah. yes, yes, continue, continue. Yes, yes, and even when Jesus seems silent or or he's chastised you or something like the Phoenician woman who came to him and she's not an Israelite and she wants him to cure her daughter and he's like, you know no, I came for the, the children of Israel. Remember mm-hmm. that rebuke? And then she goes, well, the, the children, you know, he says, you know, and he actually calls her a dog. I mean, he's really off putting to her. And then she says, well, even the children, even the dogs get the scraps. Exactly. I'll take the scraps. And so she's persevering and he's just toying with her because he can't wait to give her what she wants and to show her faith. He's just, that's the way Jesus is. You know, if you feel like he's like he's chastising you or making you wait or or being silent, not hearing you. It's just because he can't wait to give you what you asked for oh. and then some. And what we learn about ourselves too in perseverance yes. and continuing and praying and suffering, right? Yes. Again, as you said, how great that reward will be. Julie, it is, I could talk to you all day about this. Uh, it's a wonderful story and your knowledge is just fantastic. And we always pray to our saints, especially to mothers. St. Monica, what a beautiful saint and patronage we have in her. Julie, thank you so much for your time today. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you.